This week on Erotic Awakening, Masochist. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Well, here we are with another episode of Erotic Awakening. I apologize to uh, any listeners that expected us to publish this a couple days ago. We've been working on it. Got a bunch of brand new equipment that I'm playing with, and I'm even taking a class, How to Be a Podcaster. Nice. We said we weren't going to buy any more equipment, though. And yeah, that's just silly here we for us are, to... And yeah, this is nice. <laughs> and we're not going to book any more presentations, and we're not going to buy any more toys at the vendors, and we're not going to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so on today's show, we are going to be speaking with Crystal the Masochist. And uh, a masochist, they tell me, is someone who obtains pleasure from receiving punishment. Mm, I don't know. I like listening to the, her stories, though, and a lot of them have to do with punishment. But it's also pain and being made to submit and all that good stuff. Yeah, I think from a perspective of in the BDSM context, that it's not that simple to just go with that definition. But we'll let uh, Crystal tell us about that. Absolutely. And to go along with that, on our uh, 69 Seconds with Sarah Sloan, she's going to talk to us about breathing techniques, and that's what go along with uh, masochism. Not too long ago, we came across a class on how to um, handle... Processing pain. Processing pain. And one of the ways to process pain is through the breath. Absolutely. So, uh, actually, we kind of learned that in Lamaze, of all places. <laughs> and Archimedes, the cat, will uh, have to get his picture on the staff photo. This is apparently, us podcasting is the most fascinating thing that's happening in his day. And he's over here claiming the microphones as his. <laughs> yeah, he's showing me his butt. So, aw, he's claiming your microphone. <laughs> we got a little pussy on the show. hey <laughs> All right, all right. Stop messing with my pea shield. Cat. <laughs> Next, on, and laying on your nose. Yes, laying on my nose. I just made this professional podcasting experience here. So, what else do we got going on? Hey, we just got back from Kinko de Mayo, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So, and that was a that was a pretty awesome event. Just like we explained before, it's it's a good beginning event. It's a good number of people. It's a great crowd, so I had a good time. About two episodes back, we said on our podcast that if you're coming in from out of town Mm -hmm. and you didn't want to go to your first event by yourself, that we'd be happy to introduce ourselves and pal around with you a little bit. And someone took us seriously, and not only did they come from out of town, they uh, came from out of country. (laughs) Uh, Yep, we had a gentleman named Sir Spank came in from Italy, and uh, he got to... (laughs) It's so funny thing about that. <laughs> Friday night, I finally, I'm, all night I'm walking around saying, hey, do you know this guy from Italy? I've been, you know, trying to find him so I can say hi. Yeah, and, and people are like, oh, yeah, I met him. He seems fine. He's nice. Nice guy. He's over there somewhere. Yeah, he mentioned you, that he was here because of the podcast. And, yeah, he's over there somewhere. <laughs> so we're moving around. And finally we say, that's him right there. And he was in the middle of flogging somebody, so <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt that. No, no. I think he had a good time. And he wrote us a fantastic email mm-hmm. and explaining that he had a good time. And uh, had the opportunity to go through the Scarlet Sanctuary, which right. uh, you and I and Karen set up. And uh, Karen and another one of the workers worked on him. And he said that mm-hmm. was a wonderful experience for him. 
So and yeah, he talks about how he doesn't have um, people like this in his area. So it's hard for him to get out and play and experience himself and try new things. Mm-hmm. So this was just great for him. I don't know what the scene is like in Italy or what kind of situation you've got there. And and every once in a while, we have to step back here in the United States. We're very fortunate that the mm-hmm. it's not a big deal to have an event with a couple hundred people in a major city. And the last time it got out in the in the news, we had two or three pro, uh, prostrators. No. <laughs> we had two or three of those guys that don't like stuff. You know, that those was guys carrying the signs. Yeah, what do you call the, those guys? I don't know. What do you call those guys? I, I know we got a, all of our podcast listeners. Say, it's that word, you dumbass. It's that word. <laughs> prostrators. No, that no can't that's be. No. <laughs> protesters. Protesters. There we go. Thanks, Arky. Again, podcast. Quality. <laughs> hey, I was listening to some of our beginning podcasts. Were you? We've come a long way. <laughs> I have to admit, you're quite right. The, the pauses are a lot less. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I think I took a little more care to edit out the little noises and that kind of stuff in the beginning. Right. But I do, I absolutely agree. And this is one thing that they said in edgy podcast reviews about how the podcast has matured. And I certainly agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think that we have become a little bit more comfortable with podcasting. And little, I think... Yeah, a little more energy, a little more... Yeah, I like it. I do as well. So if you ever want a good chuckle, go back and listen to episode three or four or five. And uh, it was a little bit of a different <laughs> experience, all right. I think I was just tired during the one, so there was, like, no energy. <laughs> As I mentioned, we just did the Scarlet Sanctuary at Kinko de Mayo, and the next time we'll be doing that quite a ways off. The next time we'll be doing that is September. September. That'll mm-hmm. be at the Central Ohio Perversion Excursion. In, in a, Columbus, Ohio. Yep, the Adventures in Sexuality group puts that on. As a matter of fact, on our next episode, we're going to be speaking with Barrick, and we may well speak to Sheba, too, about mm-hmm. adventures in sexuality. And actually, we're going to speak to Beric because Beric's a sadist. Nice. Yes, doing... he is. <laughs> Which is a nice thing you can say about your friend. I say, well, thank you, Dan. That's very kind of you to say. I try hard. Absolutely. So, um, And I did, a speaking of adventures in sexuality, um, I did a submissive roundtable today. Oh, and that was for the uh, AISSRT mm-hmm. group, submissive right. roundtable. Right. So, And we actually cover a lot of subjects at the round table. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very MS focused. So usually when I go in, it's like rituals and protocols of MS and things like that. But today we decided to have a little fun with it. And I did um, Finding Your Inner Slut. Did you now? Yes. And did you? <laughs> yes. And I think I may have helped a couple of other people find their inner slut. So it went really well. Got to share some stories and help people define it for themselves. And it was actually very empowering. Oh, you know, it's really the neat thing about it. And we sit here and we chuckle and we go, ha, ha, you know, it's not, ha, ha. <laughs> but the reality of it is it is empowering. Mm-hmm. The presentation that we do together, Slutty Sex for Real Relationships, is right. about self-actualization. It's about self-empowerment. It's about living, you know. Exactly. You know, it's about being adventurous. It's about, you know, embracing sexuality as a positive piece of your life. Speaking of that MS stuff that you were yes. talking about, over uh, the weekend of Kinko de Mayo, we had Tiger Lily join officially join the House, house Meta. Meta household. Yes. That's your and mine uh, MS house that we yes. run here in 
Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. Power Exchange Tribe. Uh, I recently polled the members of House Meta and said, what are the responsibilities of a leather house? And they had some interesting responses to that. So I created a, uh, a new web page for the House Meta page on responsibilities. And if you're interested in that, you can head over to Erotic Awakening, and you'll find a link off to the left-hand side to House Meta, or you can just go to housemeta.com. And I'm pretty happy with the responsibilities page. And it's nice to see, again, we talk about the erotic awakening. We talk about the horny. We talk about mm-hmm. the, you know, the slut play and the sex and the fucking and sucking and all that kind of great stuff. Right. But as this is part of your life, you may well find that it becomes more than that. And for us, the leather household is certainly more than just a slap and tickle sort of situation. Matter of fact, with the exception of our gym, I don't, I haven't played with anyone in the house. No. And that's not, not the purpose of a MS house. Exactly. So, and, and just one thing to point out is that the responsibilities that everyone came up with are the responsibilities of our MS house. Right. So it's going to be different for everyone, but I love what they came up with, indeed. Now, you say earlier, I've heard you say that you're not a masochist. You heard me say that? I did. I haven't <laughs> recorded it on a podcast, as a matter of fact. But um, if you're not a masochist, then why did you go and pay someone for that scene? Oh, they jabbed you with a needle over know, and over and no, over there's again. There's no way I said I'm not a masochist. I think you said I'm not a masochist, and I started pointing out all the scenes. <laughs> that may be true, but what I'm talking about right now mm-hmm. is the tattoo that you just got. Absolutely. So, And you have to be a masochist to get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> this one is like the, the whole upper part of my thigh, and every time I bump something... Yes, you have to be a masochist. So, but it's absolutely beautiful and absolutely worth it. To send that feedback about you, you know, you people who are tattoo wielding doms who don't feel like you're a masochist, feel free to send that to Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. <laughs> hey, I I'm think... gonna, I'm working on getting my tattoo, and I'm not a masochist. As a matter of fact, when it comes to pain, um, I'm not quite a masochist. I think I'm more of uh, what is the word? Wuss. That's the word. <laughs> Wuss. I was thinking about you when they started jabbing the needle into my leg, going, I wonder if Dan's going to get beyond a little spot. (laughs) You know that you will be quite unhappy if what you find out is that I go, oh, I really dug that baby. I'm a switch now. (laughs) Drive you bonkers. It would. The only masochistic thing I've done lately is I ditched my PC and I bought a Mac. Is that a masochist thing to do? Where's the fucking right click? I can't right click anything, but <laughs> quickly I was taught you can buy a mouse that has a right click button and it works just fine. Nice. So uh, anyone who'd like to give me advice and also if you would like to let me in in your secret club that all you Mac geek fuckers have, I'm a Mac <laughs> geek now. And we'll see if that works any better for the whole podcast experience or for my personal experience. I tell you though, that uh, new Windows 7 mm-hmm. got me a blue screen of death on that bad boy. That's why you went and got That's a Mac. That's why I went and got a Mac. Because that was a brand new PC laptop. And by the way, if Dan hasn't mentioned it before, we've got a lot of old podcast equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're pushing the old podcast equipment pretty hard at this point. So, yep, and a PC and a old podcast equipment. Mm-hmm. So you got anything else on your list over there? Um, No, just that I'm going to put a picture of the tattoo up on our website. So... I just really, really like it. It's uh, it's our initials, and they were starting to fade a little bit, so I got them revamped and recolored and something behind it to make it all pop out. So 
I'll have a picture of that on there. Excellent. So if you would like to go see that or contact us for any other reason, mm -hmm. again, our email address is Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. We also have the Got Comment form on the webpage. And now we have a Facebook page, yes. Erotic Awakening, one word. Mm -hmm. We have the little used voicemail at 206-309-0054. On FetLife, you can find us under the group called Erotic Awakening. And we can be found on Twitter under Dan and Dawn. And we will do per a feedback from uh, one of our listeners. We're going to do a better job of leaving links to all this stuff up on the website. We had a podcast listener who said he, was, he likes to listen to the podcast while he walks, which makes his walks very interesting, but also uh, makes it hard to go to those things that we mention or make notes. So I see that the cat has decided to start knocking microphones off the table, so we'd better go to our <laughs> 69 seconds with Sarah Sloan. Hi, this is Sarah Sloan with this week's 69 Seconds. And today, I'm going to be talking to you about breathing techniques. Just as there are breathing techniques for tantric sex, there are breathing techniques for managing strong sensation and pain during BDSM scenes. Lamaz is a great example of how breath can be focused consciously to help us move through a painful experience and yet remain present and able to take part in the transformative process, in this case, of birth. Here are a few ideas. First, breathe. Breathing as deeply and slowly as possible keeps the body from tensing up in ways that we don't want it to. And it also helps our bodies to keep up the flow of endorphins that lets us ride the wave of transcendence. Second, for very specific individual sensations, like caning or needle play, timing the sensation to arrive during the exhale, especially just after the midpoint of the exhale, can keep our bodies from tightening up and allow the energy from the sensation to merge with our own chi, both of which help us to transmute the sensation even more easily and powerfully. Third, there are specific breathing patterns that you can learn for bringing about transcendent experiences, having full body orgasms, and processing significant pain. And you can learn them through tantra and yoga, yoga teachers, as well as through holistic pain management therapists. Finally, breathing isn't just for the bottom. By managing the breath of their partner and breathing with them, the top can create a flow of energy and intimacy between both people and enhance the quality and trust involved in their scene, regardless of the intent. Learning how to breathe in different ways and when to utilize different types of breathing can create amazing benefits in our BDSM sessions and bring about more intense sensations and transformation. Until next week, this is Sarah Sloan. So, Don. Yes. Before we get into talking about being a masochist, there's a an event coming up that I wanted to tell you about. Yes. And it's not. This is not a commercial or anything, but this Ooh. is more of a shove it in there before I forget. Okay. Coming up, uh, we we like to tell you guys about BDSM events and DS events and MS events and all that kind of jazz. Mm -hmm. While we were at Beltane not too long ago, somebody told us about an event called Fires of Venus. Sabrina did. And that sounds like a really neat event, and it sounds like a very somewhat of a different event than most of our listeners are used to us talking about. Mm -hmm. I loved how she described it and um, might try to see if I can get out there to it. So it's it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome sounding and you're doing your little it's awesome dance right now. I, I am. <laughs> kind of a belly dancing while you're sitting still in a chair sort of yes. thing. 
So we had, we took a couple minutes, uh, just about two or three minutes, to talk to Sabrina about Fires of Venus, and here's what she had to say about that. So we're sitting around at Beltane, last day of the events, but one of the really interesting people that we've met here so far is Sabrina Mari and Michael, and they've been telling us about Fires of Venus. And we said, well, that's really interesting. Stop talking and let me get out the recording equipment. <laughs> and now you can tell us about it. So Fires of Venus sounds like a really interesting uh, event. Fires of Venus is the fusion of erotic awakening with profound spirituality and inner work. Imagine if you were to go to a place where you were going to say, I want to grow as a human being so that I can enhance my ability to have pleasure, so that I can love more with my partner, so that I can have less shame, less grief, whatever's holding me back, so that I can give truly of myself, really experience pleasure and really give it from every part of me, my body, soul and spirit. Fires of Venus sprung from the desire to create that place for people who wanted it. And a very diverse group of religious and spiritual practitioners came together, a huge group of 30 people, and we built this uh, event just for that purpose. It sounds wonderful, but it sounds kind of hardcore. Is, oh, it is. this open uh, to newbies and it, people that are not doing, used to doing a lot of relationship work or energy work? or What, what kind of people yeah. are going to attend? Okay. It is a, it's a capped event, so I believe it's capped at 300 people. To 175. Keep it, uh, oh, God. 175? Yes. Even less than I thought. Um, it is a small event to preserve the intimacy, mm -hmm. but we get people from all over the place. There are people who come to us from the pagan, new age, and earth-based spirituality movement. Mm -hmm. There are people, a lot of people who come to us from the BDSM community and from the alternative sexuality community. And in fact, um, sort of the tiniest core group of people who run it, um, SMS, Sacred Mark Sanctuary, mm -hmm. Abe and Kelly are most key. They are essentially priests of ordeal mm -hmm. and they work modal sexuality is their modality that's okay. what they right. do okay. they show up and they figure out how to get people to bear their hearts and have better sex mm -hmm. nice. in really unexpected ways it's an awesome goal in life yes and yeah. um, together with Kat Castells who runs Turtle Hill events that put on mm -hmm. Beltane they decided to try something really new a fire ritual with drummers and fire dancing and all of that that incorporated sacred sexuality so for example there's dungeon equipment at the fire circle, mm -hmm. but oh. there are also temples at, set up at the fire circle where people are asked as they come into ritual to really reflect on where they are in their lives. What is their capacity to give and receive love and pleasure? And they are asked through um, three nights of successive ritual to look inside themselves and to transform themselves so they have greater capacity to give and receive pleasure and love. Yes, Don. I did say you're not a masochist. Why would you say that? I didn't say it. I think that you said that. No. No. You said I'm Don's not a masochist and like my eyes bugged out. It's like, did you see that needle play scene with Elwood that I did? <laughs> I did see that as a matter of fact, and I picked oh. up the pieces afterwards. Yes. So, what about the Lexian paddle? So, are you a masochist? I think so. With the oh, way come on. Now, look, you just defended yourself, you just, and now you're not so sure. Well, because I've defined myself as a masochist once before, and the person I ended up playing with um, just did it as a pure sadist masochist scene without any power play. Mm -hmm. 
And I like the power play involved, too. So I would say I'm a masochist because I'm a pain slut. Mm -hmm. But I also get off on the whole somebody making me submit. Right. Now, the funny thing about that is you're very comfortable calling yourself a pain slut. Yes. But masochist seems to give you a little bit of a pause. Do you think that's a... A situation where society looks down on that word, and that's why your head's having trouble wrapping around it? It could be, or it could be that um, I'm so much into the energy exchange. I think when the word masochist is used, that some people don't understand about the energy exchange. They just think it's about a beating. Hmm. And for me, I'm not into... I think I've tried to explain it. I love to be spanked, mm-hmm. but I don't particularly have a spanking fetish. Okay. Don't just spank me. That's not going to turn me on. Right. You know, allow me to be a submissive, be a dominant, and put that power exchange in there and give me a spanking or a caning or needles or anything like that. And the combination is what does it for me. And, and this is something we've talked about in the past where it's... Kind of like one of the reasons we make bad swingers is mm-hmm. we want more than just a single threaded experience. Right. More think... than just an action. Right. So being a masochist, taking that spanking, taking that pain as part of a scene, mm-hmm. a complete scene, not right. just a physical situation. Now, I will say, and we'll talk about this more next week when we bring on Barrick. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm a sadist. You know, I... Don't think you are a sadist. I think you like to give pain, but only if the other person is feeding off of that. Does that make sense? I don't know. and Maybe. We'll talk about that next week with uh, Barrick. Uh, okay. It's really funny, though. As soon as we got off the... Uh, when we were interviewing Crystal, the moment we turned off record, we just kept talking and talking. And she's right. like, oh, I wish I said that. I wish I said that. So Exactly. It may so- well be that we need a masochist part two come mm-hmm. along as well so indeed so and I, I still feel like i should defend myself you know <laughs> it's, it's like i am a pain slut obviously you know i am a masochist and especially the way crystal describes it uh-huh oh if the way crystal describes it is what it is and that's how she defines it then i'm definitely on board with her like i said it's just that sometimes when you say masochist people think it's only about the pain and, and we both know that, and from our previous discussions about labels, other people's labeling of you, mm-hmm. I think we can get past that. It's mm-hmm. when we label ourselves. That's the right. one that gets tricky. Right. And But to convey that to someone else who may define it differently, that's where it gets a little tricky, too. So sure. All sure. in the negotiations. Well, let's take a look, listen to how Crystal conveys and defines Sweet. it. My 101 list first. (laughs) So we are sitting here with Crystal at the um, suggestion of one of our listeners. Mm -hmm. So somebody suggested uh, that we do it on masochism. And what I found was is that I don't think we did the topic because I don't even understand masochism myself, I don't think. I've heard your stories. Love your stories and went, ooh, maybe I'm not submissive. Maybe I'm masochist, you know, because I wanted to live your story. So I found somebody to play with, told him I was a masochist, and it so totally did not go where I wanted it to go. So I need to know what a masochist is and how you define it for you. 
I was gonna say that's just it. I define it for myself. Right. So, um, masochism for me is—I I guess the best way to describe it for me is what it's not. Okay. I'm not a submissive. I don't have a submissive personality. I definitely like to bottom. Mm -hmm. um, I can submit, but it's only under certain circumstances, you know, with certain personalities and everything like that. But I sort of, you know, kind of fell into masochism. Found okay. out that I love pain. I mean, simple as that. I, I like pain. Um, the level of pain that I can take depends on who I'm with. Mm -hmm. um, I get an endorphin rush from it. Mm -hmm. I get a sense of uh, mastery from it. Okay. Um, I get wet from it. <laughs> <laughs> now, say you're describing everything that happens to me, so I'm wondering why my scene didn't work. Maybe it was just the scene itself. Right. So, kind of describe one that really is that you can remember, a scene that you've done. Oh, wow. Um, or a couple, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll describe a couple different ones, because I, you know, I was thinking about this when you asked me to, to come over and record this uh, podcast about what I would talk about, and I've noticed that over the last few years I've kind of transitioned. In the beginning, I could, it seemed to me like I... You know, the pain was what I was looking for, that physical pain. And now it's turned into something else. I'm finding that my masochism is a variety of things. It's, it's the submission, it's the uh, exhibitionism, it's the sensory deprivation, all of that combined mm. depending on where I'm at, what mood I'm in, who I'm with, decides which part of that is gonna get fed. Um, the physical part, Oh, of course, you guys have seen the scenes I do with Amanda mm -hmm. um, and, and Sheba. Those are fun. <laughs> I mean, those are just right down wickedly fun. Um, um, I have another partner I play with that um, those can get. Those are the interrogation scenes that I think I really, really like the most when I'm getting yeah. into physical pain, being tied up and... And interrogated, and then of course the stun guns and the the gas masks. That's another thing too. I've I've found I've developed a fetish for gas masks in this whole journey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, how are your scenes different from how I would play with someone? I mean, if I were to play with someone with a normal BDSM scene, I might start off with a spanking and then break out some floggers and do some flogging and maybe some paddling and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you play with the same toys and? Sometimes, um, for me, um, I like more of a hands-on type of a scene. I mean, we'll play with a little bit of toys. I've definitely been flogged, but it's something that, you know, someone comes up and grabs me by my hair and throws me down on the ground or starts slapping me across the face or pinching me and, and stuff like that. That seems to get it going a lot better for mm -hmm. me, I think. Paddles, I've never liked paddles. Really? No, so why don't you like paddles? Is I like steam. And to me, paddles are very stingy. So being a masochist isn't just about any kind of pain. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's definitely, like I said before, it depends on your mood, depends on who you're with, um, uh, where I'm at. Right. You know? Um, and like with anything, I mean, there's good pain and there's bad pain. Mm -hmm. You know, we go through life not... 
you know, yeah. liking certain types of pain. Now see, your stories, I'm sitting here going, yes, yes, I want this, so maybe I'm a submissive masochist. Because i got to have the whole power. But see what you're just, I was going to say, I have to have the whole power play in there. But you've got the power play well, with this, power too. play. There's the whole energy exchange. Yeah. Um, and that's another one of the things I really, the, the exchange that goes on. Mm -hmm. People ask you why you do this. Why right. do you like to do this? And there's, you know, like I said before, it's a sense of mastery sometimes. But there's also that feeling of, of when I can get in somebody else's head. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm feeding their desire to be sick and twisted and right. and get into that whole shock value, the t taboos that, you know, that we go through in life. Um, so tell me more about that. How are you getting into somebody else's head? Because I'm allowing them the space to let that part of them go. Mm -hmm. You know, to let that beast out, to let it, you know, to be the not so nice person that society says you have to be. Um, and I get to be that nice, that not so nice person, that, you know, politically incorrect person, somebody that, I don't know, challenges authority, challenges political icons, uh, religious icons, you know, whatever. Whatever I want to get into and, and go with, that's where we go. Mm -hmm. Um and of course, society says you're you know you're not supposed to be these certain things. Um, so if my partner can just let that beast out and find somebody that he feels comfortable in doing that with, then yeah, I mean, there's that that whole journey where you get to go with each other. Do you ever find if the top that you're playing with isn't really digging how much of a masochist you are? Do you find yourself egging them on, or do you just give them nice? Hmm. Sort of feedback, or do you just wait till the scene's over and say, you know, next no, time why don't we push? I can nag them on. I mean, I'll, I'll be a brat, I guess is what you call mm -hmm. it. Um, but most usually, I've never had that problem to where the, most of the tops or sadists that I've played with, believe me, they have no problem being right down mean and nasty. And and I've learned that obviously, if you nag <laughs> them on too much, they're going to give me full force. And yeah. So then I end up ready. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a matter of, um, so you do red. You oh, get to a yeah, point where you get your tolerance. I've, yeah, I've read it yeah, a few times. Um, or I'll get to the point where I'm yellow and or, you know, mm -hmm. slow it down a bit and kind of go a different direction. Um, a lot of the interrogation seems, um, um, you know, I, I get mad at myself or, or actually mad, angry at myself or like reading out too quickly or giving in too soon. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, damn it, I can do it better. I can do it longer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> do you think most people in the, the I guess, the, the common BDSM scene, the common, when you go to an AIS function later, go to COPE or whatever, mm -hmm. that most people playing in the dungeon are sadist and masochist? Or do you think that there's not so much of that in there and most people are just playing for the sensation of it? I mean, I wouldn't call Dawn a masochist. She likes to feel pain, but I, so, I don't know that I would call her a masochist. I, wouldn't, I like to swing a flogger, but I wouldn't call myself a sadist. Or should we all just go back to the episode on labels and realize we're just... That's what I was going to say. I mean, this is something... When I first started getting into it, I mean, if somebody would call me a masochist or a pain, the pain slut was the big thing at first, I'd be like... No, I am not a pain slut. I, I wear mean, that label proudly. Well, thank now you. I do. Now I do. But at the time, yeah, you know, and it goes back to that whole sense of 
what's wrong with me, mm -hmm. you know, um, there has to be something sick within me if I like to be hit or if I like this. You know, so I just started questioning it and over, it's like an evolution, you know, over time mm -hmm. I've come to take on different roles and different labels and, and this is where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. I mean, who's to say where I'll be at in, you know, six months from now or what I'll be calling myself. <laughs> right. right. Um, but yeah, at the heart, I mean, it's, it's, it's masochism. I mean, that's the best label that I can ascribe to what I, what I, what I do. Um, like I said before, the submissiveness is not, it's just not there very much. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, I've dealt with that too, uh, as far as, you know, questioning myself. You know, well, you know. What do you do with that? What do you do with that questioning yourself? You know, like, um, you know, why can't I be a submissive or what does a submissive mean? I must not be a very good submissive if... You know, I won't listen to somebody. I, I don't have that desire to, you know, to follow their set ideas and, and their rules at any given time. You know, I compare my, you know, how you compare yourself to different people. You know, and I'm like, well, I'm not like that at all. So, but then, you know, over time, again, it's something that you come to realize. It's like everybody's looks different. You know, mm -hmm. I do have a submissive quality in me, but it's just not as prominent as what some of the other qualities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, if somebody was to come to you and say, you know, I, I'm a masochist, I like to take it so-and-so, and, -so and mm -hmm. but I'm having this, this mental jumping over the hump of being okay with that. Is there something that you did that, that kind of turned on the light bulb that allowed you to be okay with being a masochist? Um, I don't, I can't really pinpoint any one thing. Okay. I think it's just, it's just part of you know, really searching within yourself and finding out what's, what makes you feel good and that realization that goes on, okay, I'm not hurting anybody. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know? you know, that's what I had to come to after my questioning myself was, because I did that too, you know, why, why, why? And right. then it's like, you know what, I'm having fun. I'm not harming myself. Right. Dan's not harming me. We're not harming anybody else. Exactly. It's consensual. Right. It's have a good time. <laughs> for me, that's that's the goal is to have a good time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you know you asked before about the you know going to different events and uh, the breakup of the different people there, uh -huh. or sadists or masochists or what. I mean, it's you know people people are into this for different reasons, but I think the underlying goal was just to have a good time, and whatever that means is, go for it. Mm -hmm. You know, however you can get there, go for it. As long as you're not hurting anybody else or yourself, then and you're doing it in a healthy manner. You know, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. um, I have run across, though, I, you know, I will admit that at different events outside of AIS, um, and I don't know if as much as about being a masochist versus a sadist as much as it was maybe a little bit more edgier play, some places don't like you to be as loud or mm. quite push the envelope as much. So I've run into that more than anything, um, where that they've come up and said, okay, you need to quiet your scene down, you need to, you know, <laughs> different things or, you know. It's a little bit of a joy kill for a scene, I it guess. Yeah. It's very yeah. much so, yeah. I mean, I've literally just, like, I were leaving, you know, because they've interrupted scenes. Sure, but, sure. So if I had a... Staple gun, <clears throat> a pellet gun, <laughs> and a nail gun. Which one would you red on? 
Oh, staple pellet and nail. 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 Oh, probably the nail guy. <laughs> okay. Definitely. <laughs> So, you got anything going on? Anything coming up in your life that you'd like to share with the audience? Um, I don't know. I've got a part of the SRT. I've got a plug in there. Sure. What's an, what's an SRT? Because uh, all I know about it is I can't go. Ah. <laughs> well, that's right. You're not an S-type, Dan. <laughs> it's a submissive round table. Uh, it's for submissive bottom switch, as long as you're with your S hat on, um, and slaves. Mm-hmm. And we get together uh, every month and discuss various topics, you know, depending on what's going on and what people want to talk about. Of course, Dawn here is part of our panel. Um, we have opened it up. I've been talking with Barrick and Sheba, and in the past it's just been for AIS members. Uh, but we're, you know, now anybody can come as long as you identify as, you know, as an S type. Great. And that's here in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Each month we do a. We've usually been doing a, a Panera mm-hmm. up on North High Street, um, but every once in a while those will switch up. Um, Saturday afternoons from like 2 to 4, we yep. announce them on the boards and if that life and, and the AIS board. Okay. You've got a private little community room, so yes. we have people eavesdropping. Yeah. E- eavesdropping. <laughs> so you mentioned a Fet Life group and an AIS board, so how do I find out more about the SRT? Um, that's usually it, isn't it? The AIS board and, and mm-hmm. FetLife? Yeah, was it Adventures in Sexuality yeah, on FetLife? Yeah. So it's posted down. Adventures in Sexuality on FetLife. Right. right. Okay. There's Easy various enough. groups on there, too. The T&G I'll post it on there, the uh, Next Generation mm-hmm. group. Um, but mainly these Adventures in Sexuality is probably a good place. Okay, to great. We'll post those links up on the website. Thank you very much for sitting and talking with us today. Okay. Very much appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Now, as it happens, I do have a nail gun and a, <laughs> and a staple gun and a pellet gun. So let's see where the red okay, actually is. let's go. <laughs> comes to us courtesy of Love You Parties. Find out more at sarahsloan.net. Music heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.